Perfect. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 2022 Series 3 first episode on left wing and CLOs Uncovered. This is Hina Shoeb. I'm based in London. I, am, uh, I look after leisure portfolio within corporate ratings. And with me, um, I have my co-host Sandeep Jana. Sandeep, maybe you want to um, introduce yourself. Hi everyone, uh, and we're back, as as as, as you can tell, uh, with some new series for to, to kick off 2022. As most of you know, I'm a senior analyst in the structured credit team here at SP. Perfect, Sandeep. No, thanks a lot. And with a lot of requests, there was a lot of requests to have Paul Waters back on. So, Paul, maybe you would like to introduce yourself. You've been on the show a few times. Thanks a lot for coming over. But over to you, Paul. Yeah. Hi, Hina. Hi, hi, Sandeep. Hi, everybody. Yeah, so I'm head of EMEA Credit Research based in London. Um, so great to be on the show. Perfect. So, Paul, maybe we'll kick off and I'll ask the first question because there's so much discussion. Um, I know about Omicron when we were in November, December, we were a bit more scared and now things look slightly different. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the outlook for 22. What does it mean for the for the rest of the year? Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, clearly we've learned a lot about Omicron in the last couple of couple of months. I mean, obviously it's highly transmissible, but but actually what we've seen is a six to eight week surge, uh, but much less severe than Delta, which which was, you know, the previous previous variant. Um, case rates have fallen very sharply um, in recent weeks um, for, that we see across Europe, although it's, it's fair to say Germany seems to be lagging, I think, by by perhaps about three weeks. So. Basically, barring a new variant of concern, I think we're moving very much towards an endemic stage of the uh, of this virus. Um, so restrictions are being eased. Um, services are bouncing back very strongly. Obviously, the sector's hardest hit by COVID, you know, which cover uh, leisure restaurants and retail. So overall, from us, our, you know, from our, from our economists, we're expecting, you know, probably a, a modest hit to our previous forecast for 2022 growth, um, which was 4.4%. Um, you can see European Commission, for instance, last week downgraded their forecast for growth in the in the, in the euro area to four percent from four point three percent. So that's the sort of magnitude we're looking at. Paul, I want to shift gears. I want to talk inflation now. Um, it's been talked about for the last couple of months, and there's a lot of focus on it. When we think about CLOs and inflation, we we think that well, hey, as a product, as a floating rate product, or, or partly fixed for now, um, CLOs offer a, a a good inflation hedge. The underlying loans are floating rate leveraged loans, and and the product itself, the liabilities, a significant majority are floating rate. But let's dig into the underlying. If you think about inflation risks, whether it's kind of like on on margin compression or or, or costs, how much of an issue, how big of an issue? is this from a corporate credit perspective in your view? Yeah, so I think, uh, Sandeep, I think this is a big issue, um, you know, as it's proving to be you know, higher and longer lasting than I think, you know, we all expected a few months ago. And, and I say that I think there are several, as you touched on, several aspects to be considered here in terms of, you know, the underlying causes, um, you know, first of all, um, so this is largely, for Europe at least, largely energy driven, probably over 50% of the of the the contribution to inflation is is through oil and gas prices although obviously supply disruptions and, and shortages are contributing as well 
Um, so secondly, you know, what does this mean for monetary policy? Because this is obviously central to the um, for the European Central Bank and the Bank of England. You know, and, and listening to the to the ECB at their most recent meeting, you know, they've they've changed their guidance uh, quite starkly, actually, in, in the last 10 days. Um, so, you know, what's changed since December? Well, really, you know, obviously the energy prices are, you know, the credit premium, the risk premium in energy prices is very high. Mm. You know, they're spotting signs of, of wage pressures starting to appear, which is something new. And obviously Omicron has developed in a favorable way. So, and unemployment, importantly, Sandy, unemployment is at record lows now in the euro area, below 7%. So, so this points to monetary policy being too loose, um, which is why the ECB's uh, changed their guidance. They'll be looking to um, stop net asset purchases by the end of the year, which which opens up a pathway to rate liftoff. You know, certainly we are expecting the first rate hike probably in December. Um, and and actually, interestingly, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of looking towards, you know, everything else being equal, data dependent. We're, we're looking for the refinancing rate to rise to about one and a half percent over the course of the next maybe year and a half. But in terms of implications mm. for corporate credit, well, mm. as, as you say, that's really all about operational leverage and, and pricing power, I think, from our perspective. Uh, last year, you know, we certainly saw strong pricing power and strong top line growth. So that meant the margins were protected and earnings were very strong. But this year, I think it's more going to be a more challenging outlook given the breadth and scale of the price increases. You know, for instance, particularly look at energy and the freight, uh, freight costs especially. You know, that means that, uh, you know, we're expecting margin pressures, you know, to build and that's uh, and top line growth to be weaker as well. So that's not a great combination um, in terms of sectors. I guess um, the most energy intensive sectors are probably, you know, most directly affected. So, you know, building materials, chemicals um, and the like, mm. mostly on the manufacturing side. Services will be less directly affected, but obviously, you know, the knock on effects of if, if growth does slow more than we expect that obviously that will start to feed through to them as well. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. I think that that's a great segue because uh, this is a, absolutely what we are hearing as well on a lot of other sectors that they will be indirect uh, mm. impact as well, apart from the ones, uh, the, the few sectors that will be impacted directly. Okay. And absolutely, we're going to talk about defaults in a moment, but but we'll come to that in the end, mm. uh, Paul. Uh, but 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 we can't let you go with, without speaking about default rates. But but just sticking to new issues again. But but CLOs, for example, right? We we've seen this week and last uh, a number of new issues uh, come to market. European new issues, and and what we're noticing is a trend where, at the most senior level, you know, the AAAs, for example, it's been syndicated pretty well, right? We're seeing tightening in in that area. It's kind of like in the low 90s, but we are noticing more and more widening in the mezzanine CLO tranches, and and we think that that's as a result result of heightened macro volatility, right? And as of today, we know what we're talking about here, right? It's the huge uncertainty around Russia's intentions towards Ukraine. Now, in your view, let's let's narrow this down to the Levfin market. How could that impact what's happening there, the geopolitical tension there? How could that impact the Levfin markets in Europe? Yeah, I, I guess um, we could talk about this for hours, but <laughs> but actually, I think there there's sort of two main channels from a you know from a sort of Levin market perspective that I suppose we should be watching is and I've talked about you know the energy um, energy complex already. Um, obviously, Europe's highly dependent reliance on on Russia for energy. I mean, forty percent of their gas uh, imported comes from from Russia, and obviously, we've seen a, a, a risk premium rise substantially in the oil and gas markets particularly obviously given gas stocks are very low during the winter season. 
but of course it's interesting that this is obviously benefiting Russia hugely. Um, so um, I think it's interesting that that all commentators, you know, I think a point to really emphasize here is that all commentators are expecting supply to be uninterrupted, even if sanctions applied, um, even though perhaps there might be some vulnerabilities given the pipelines through Ukraine and obviously Nord Stream 2 may be impacted. But in terms mm -hmm. of financial markets, which I think is sort of perhaps more to your question, um, you know, clearly if, if that this will keep, um, you know, likely to keep inflation pressures elevated. So more pressure on central banks to tighten as long as growth holds up. But some risk of a disorderly repricing of risk, um, you know, through through, you know, financial markets that could play in, and that would that could play into the central bank's policy calculus. Um, you know, if if it really starts sort of unsettling, you know, financial financing conditions deteriorate strongly if if if, if markets reprice. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's just, you know, it's just going to be more volatility and uncertainty, which is going to lead to sort of, you know, probably tightening financial conditions, um, you know, in most scenarios, I would say. No, thanks a lot, Paul. I think um, that ties in beautifully to my other question, because, of course, I'm one who's sitting on the highest number of triple C's in my portfolio. And there are a few credits where we worry about refinancings. So what does that mean in terms of the defaults? Um, how do you think that stacks up for the year? Yeah, yeah, no, thanks, Tina. So, yeah, so just um, just to sort of recap very briefly, you know, the default rate in Europe peaked at 6% in April and now stands at around 1.8%, which, which is really very low by any historical standard, um, especially, you know, if you take account of the pandemic shock that we experienced in the last two years. But looking ahead, um, I think there's some positives, clearly. I mean, maturities have, have, have um, pushed out. Rates remain low, especially in 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 real terms, um, you know, and the outlook bias, which is which is a sort of forward looking measure of uh, of, of of credit, the, the trend in credit quality, you know, the net outlook bias is 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 as high as it's been since Q1 2019. So that's a positive. Um, and the uh, and rating actions at the moment, you know, we're seeing we're seeing a net positive uh, on on net rating actions upgrades minus downgrades. But but there are also some negatives. Um, you know, I've also touched on the the, ta the fact that financing conditions are starting to tighten. Sandeep mentioned spreads are starting to widen in in certain certain markets. That's certainly true in the high yield market. And a particular concern, I think, as you mentioned, Hino, was the still still high percentage of triple C's that we have in our portfolio, which stands at the moment around 10.3 percent of speculative grade uh, entities. Although it's very um, concentrated in in three specific sectors, over 50% of our triple C names are in three sectors. That's media and entertainment, consumer products, and capital goods. Um, and media entertainment being perhaps the biggest the biggest um, yeah. number of, of of credits in that sector. So, you know, the reason for that, uh, you probably know better than I do, Hina. But but from our sector, my perspective, you know, basically weak balance sheet, little free operating cash flow even though near-term liquidity is, looks sufficient to service interest payments and obviously, you know, refinancing is still quite a long way out for many. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. So, so well, so I was just going to say, whilst there is sufficient interest coverage, the kind of sectors that we're thinking about to watch out for is media entertainment, consumer products uh, and capital goods. But but as you mentioned, Paul, I mean, we can spend hours talking about this, but, but unfortunately, that's all the time we do have. And thank you. Thank you again for, for coming on to our show. Uh, there will be more podcasts like this throughout the year. Uh, and again, thank you for to our listeners for, for listening in. If you do have any questions or anything else you'd like to hear from us, 
please, please, please write into us. But for now, thank you for listening in. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye.